Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Spotlight Series. It's the show where we choose a genre, and we honestly we, we try our best to watch the, the the best of that genre. Sometimes we we find some gems. Sometimes we find some some poop. But I, we are in heist month, and Greg and I we are I think we're doing a pretty good job of uh, avoiding really bad heist movies. It's it's kind of tough to be a bad heist movie, I think, but. I will say this year we're picking pretty interesting heist films. Like, you know, we watched two zombie themed ones, which, you know, that's kind of weird. And today we're watching a 2022 film. This is super duper recent called Ambulance. And uh, if you know who made this movie or directed and produced it, then you'll be like, oh, shit. It, it's a Michael Bay film, and so I don't think I've actually done a a complainy post about Michael Bay. He is he made the Transformers films, and I want to say didn't he do Bad Boys? Yeah, at least one and two. Yeah, and then oh, what other film did he do? The Rock. The Rock might have been his first film. I can't. He's done a fuck ton of movies. So Michael Bay, he knows action films, and. If you give him a big bag of money, Michael Bay's probably going to make a good movie. So, uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so Bad Boys, The Rock, Armageddon. Hey, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. The Island. I've seen that like once. And then he did all the Transformers films. Pain and Gain, that biography about those weightlifters that were getting into shit with drugs and stuff. And then uh, that's kind of it, really. So... Michael Bay's thing, the reason that I get grumpy about Michael Bay, he loves having stereotypes in his films, and he loves underage jokes. That seems to be one of his favorite things to do. Uh, I didn't see any in this movie, so good for him. I guess somebody was talking to him, and like, hey man, you gotta stop that. <laughs> but I just remember in one of the Transformers films, two of the robots, they were little Scion cars, and they were talking to Optimus, and they were like, yeah, we can't really read Cybertron, because we're not good at the book reading. And they were speaking in Ebonics and stuff. And I was like, what? You're advanced talking robots. How can you not read something? But yeah, what, what the fuck do I know about advanced robots? You know, robots in disguise. But <laughs> but I think Michael Bay actually did a pretty good job with this film. And um, I think the angle with having a smaller cast helped out with this. And not rolling, you know, 50 people deep and explosions and stuff. You know, there were only really four people in this movie you know we have the foil and then we have three people in the ambulance trying to stay alive so uh if you don't know anything about ambulance it's about two brothers adopted brothers uh they try to rob a bank because one of them needs money for for surgery for his wife and they hijack an ambulance and uh one emt and one wounded cop are now their hostages and so it's them trying to keep that ambulance moving because <laughs> they don't want to die and they want to escape with the money. And it's like, like $32 million in some bags that they have. So it's, yeah. So uh, Greg, what did you think about this movie in the, in the sense of heist movies? what did you think about it? In the sense of both heist movies and movies in general, it was the most ridiculous confluence of events and circumstances I've ever seen. Um, 
Now, specifically with heist films, usually you have the major, oh, we've been caught. Now we have to try to escape with our money and our lives. Major shootout slash chase at the conclusion of the film. Oh, no, no, no. This one basically starts 10 minutes in with the giant. The, the giant shootout is merely the beginning of everything. And in one sense, it's very straightforward. Heist goes wrong, chased an ambulance throughout the city for the film. But the details and the swerves and the, the additional elements to the plot, there's just, and the things that are just, God, it's just so many. It's just, it's just so many. I just, it's hard to put it into words. Like it gets to a point in the film where there's some sort of reveal and you say, oh, well, of, of course that's going to be added on top of it. Of course this. Of course uh, she has to perform surgery on the guy in the ambulance and the doctor they call happens to be not a boyfriend, but an ex-boyfriend they haven't talked to in six months. Of course that boyfriend is going to connect to two other doctors playing golf and they're going to have a Zoom chat with him while they to walk her through the surgery or of course this person working with the cops used to be his best friend and it's just so much um it's like if you take bad boys if you take a car chase from bad boys 2 or one of the car chases from bad boys 2 banter included and then you add any one of any any shootout you can think of from any heist films conclusion and then multiply it tenfold and that's what you get with this film it's ridiculous but i liked it (laughs) (laughs) so greg took the words out of my mouth this is the most absurd crazy it's a michael bay film so it uh, it, it's the weirdest but it's the thing. plot that's ridiculous you, yeah. the, the action is michael bay and you know you're used to that and that's fine that was actually aside from some some gratuitous camera shots from like underneath cars and quick replays of that's fine it's the screenplay it's the plot that is just bat shit crazy yeah <laughs> I, I it's one of my seven words but I honestly think bank robberies this day and age, I, I, it should be the hardest, stupidest thing to do, especially if they have eyes on you. So I can't picture any type of chase being this absurd and explodey and stuff like it just that's impossible. No one's no one's that smart sitting in the ambulance with a bleeding cop, you know, but it's a movie. So I have to suspend some disbelief in this, but you have to suspend pretty much all belief. Yeah. It's I, I did enjoy the idea that usually with heist movies like set it off, we see the beginnings when they realize they need money and then the planning of the heist and then they they rob a bank and then they're like, well, we didn't get a lot. Let's do it again. And then, you know, when they're doing the next one and they're getting too deep and everything falls apart and then the chase starts, just like Greg said, it's interesting that we get, you know, the tail end of the oh shit everything's getting stupid 
and that's the movie like the movie is the falling apart of the plan and i thought that was really interesting because i've never seen a heist movie be at that point i think the closest thing to how this movie was is uh reservoir dogs because at the beginning they're at the diner and they're talking about the robbery that they're going to do and then it just does a flash forward and then they're like hide down in the warehouse yeah that's a really good point i did not consider that yeah that's the closest thing i can picture to this and honestly that's like after ambulance it's that kind of time jump and they're like that shit fell apart what happened in there and everybody's talking about what happened that's the closest movie to this and typical typical quentin tarantino it's dialogue heavy and it's and they're mainly in that one garage setting after they've somehow managed to at least for the moment escape where this is all just escape (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like quentin tarantino um he's really good at kind of the one act play kind of idea just like the inglorious eight no the hateful eight that yes, movie yeah. is in one it's in one cabin and that's that's it yep. the whole movie's in one cabin reservoir dogs it's like in a warehouse and there's different corners that they go to but it's in that fucking warehouse so michael bay's just complete opposite of quentin tarantino <laughs> but i will say big ups to the actors in this movie so we have jake gyllenhaal he's one of the brothers and then uh, I'm gonna mess his name up, but uh, Yaha, Yah, Yah, yeah, uh, y- probably Yah Yah, yeah, Yah Abdul Mateen the second. Yeah. So if you watch the Aquaman movie, he was Black Manta, and he was pretty damn good at it. And he was in, was that him in the new Candyman movie? I believe it was. You know, I didn't think about that, but oh, don't. Yes. Are you sure? I I think it is. Yes, it is him. Yes. Yeah. So he's, you know, he he's a good actor. He's a really good actor. Them together, they they act like brothers, man. They yell at each other, they fight each other, and then then they sit and listen to a song, you know, and they jamming. So it's pretty good. And then uh we have uh uh Isa Gonzalez, she's the EMT that they're holding hostage she's great so like i said those three they're absolutely amazing so i i like this movie it's just it is this is a weird covidy kind of actually this is the we've accepted covid and movies are kind of happening but it still didn't do that good uh, this movie was actually first announced in 2015 and it over years kind of like with army of the dead years went by and they finally worked it out but then covid hit and his plans, you know, he kind of fell apart. So this movie's kind of weird and cool because they use drones. Like, it, this yeah. is like one of the first films to use drones for filming and stuff. So that's why they get some pretty cool angles and stuff like that. I will say that about Michael Bay. He's all about technology. He's all about moving ahead with things. And he'll try something new and weird if it'll make the movie look completely different from everybody else's movie. And I do appreciate it about him. I wish he was like that about the fucking dialogue in his films. Boy, howdy. There are, there's always an underage girl joke and there's always some racist-y kind of joke in his movies. So if he can get past that, <laughs> he can evolve like that. But hell, he still makes money. So I guess he don't need to stop doing that. So um, we'll get through the story. Oh, actually, I forgot. This is not an original idea. It's actually based on a Danish 2005 film 
So um, Michael Bay didn't come up with this or anything. It's it's a movie. It's, it's a Danish film. So same situation. We've got EMT and a driving around an ambulance. Probably not as bombastic as this film, guaranteed. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious if it follows the same steps like this or did Michael Bay kind of flip some things around? So, but uh, we'll we'll get through this bad boy and talk about it. Uh, it's funny before this episode, Greg was telling me, he's like, man, this story's kind of, kind of wild. Like, how, how are you going to explain it? Like, it seemed like it's going to be kind of hard to do. I'm like, eh, we'll be all right. <laughs> but now thinking about it, I'm like, this is kind of twisty, but <laughs> so convoluted. There's too many, too many reveals. You can't get through all of them. Yeah. It's the, the problem. That's how Michael Bay films things is so many jump cuts to things. I think someone sat down with Armageddon and they said, the average time of a cut before it goes to another one is like four seconds. And then it jumps to another cut. And it'll be the two, same two people talking, but it's different angles of you talking to me. Like they can't just sit still and let me talk to you. It has to be you from the left and then you from the right and then under your chin. And like, why can't you just sit still and let them talk? Like, nah, man, <laughs> got to keep moving. So uh, just like we said, the two brothers. So we have Will. And Danny Sharp. So Will is the, I would say, successful brother. He's a war veteran. And he seems like he's got his head on, right? And Danny, he is the, <laughs> he's the criminal. He's, he's the bad one. So, and uh, Will, he was the, Will's the adopted one, right? Uh, that's what they imply, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I, don't, I don't know if they both are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he says he thinks... He thanks uh he thanks Danny for his family welcoming him into their family. And then yeah. Danny responds, No, it's our family now. So yeah, he's the adopted one. Okay, gotcha. So uh Danny, he he's he's the fuck up. Uh, it, it makes sense with, with a family situation. There's always one. There's always one that just can't help shit. It's a bad kid. So so Will, he finds out that his wife, Amy, needs a surgery. And it's like $230,000 and he doesn't have the money and it's funny Amy tells Will he's like don't talk to Danny so she already knows instantly that you know Danny can get him the money but it's through very dubious means and he does this a lot so Amy's like no we can do this without your brother your brother's a mess and I don't want to be involved with him anymore but Will calls Danny. He's like, I need help. And Danny's like, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to my brother. And it's funny. He kind of already knew that he was going to come to him and talk. So, so he already had him a spot in this $32 million bank heist that he had set up. And some guy walks in. He's like, is this the guy, Danny? And he's like, no, maybe. And Will's like, hey, man, I'm not trying to rob a bank today. He's like, do you need the money? He's like, yeah, I need the money. He's like, this is the easiest way to get the money. You work with me for a couple of hours. You get to go home with a big old bag of money, bro. And you don't have to worry about anything for a very long time. And he's like, fuck, okay, okay. Because Will, he's good with a gun. He can handle himself, so. It's fine. They can do this. They actually get into the bank and everything's going good. And then we get a side story of Officer Zach and he's talking to his partner and he says that like, yeah, this bank teller, like, I think 
you know, I think she's been giving me the eye, like, but I'm kind of nervous to talk to her. And his partner's like, man, stop being a bitch. Just go in there and, and say like, hey, let's go get dinner or go, like go out with me. And his partner turns the car around and goes back to the bank. He's like, no, you're doing this today. Like love, love's happening, bro. And his partner is outside of the bank and Zach wants to go in. And so Danny with a nice little, little cardigan and a, and a fucking turtleneck on, he's got his little, little, I work here badge on. He's like, ha uh, the bank is closed for a little bit. And the cop's like, hey, can I just come in real quick? I just got to talk to this teller just real fast. I got to do some stuff. And he's like, uh, you know, I no, I don't really want you to come in. He's like, just real quick. And Danny's like, okay, just don't rob the place. <laughs> he lets him in. And Officer Zach is trying to talk to the teller. And she's got a gun pointed at her from behind the bar and all the other people are got guns on them and danny actually messes up the teller's last name and he just kind of guessed and officer zach sees that the nameplate is different and danny's like oh man i thought i got the last name right fuck and everything starts going to hell he tells officer zach he's like i need you to get back outside bro Dude, quit this like you don't want to die like this man go home you'll have a cool ass story to tell just like everybody else in this bank and it seems like everything's going good the car breaks down outside the getaway car that's gonna have all the money falls apart and then everything just goes sideways and yeah that, that's what happens shootout goes between one of the heist members and zach's partner it's officer mark and everything just goes stupid so the special investigation section, the SIS, they seem to be all about bank robberies. And they had some type of tip that this bank might actually get snatched up. So they're around and their their plan is to wait for the bank robbery to happen and catch them on their way out or after it's happened. It's easier than trying to stop them while they're in the bank because that's how hostage situations happens. And I And I get that. It's like, yeah, let them grab the money, whatever. We'll stop them and just give the money back. So everything goes stupid. So the SIS are shooting at them. LAPD shooting. And the whole crew gets lit up except Will and Danny. And they run into the garage. So Zach is trying, Officer Zach, is trying to get away. And a little fight between him and Danny. And Will accidentally shoots his ass. It's fine. And they leave him to die. And, you know, Will, obviously, he's, you know, the nice-mannered one. And he's like, hey, we should do something. Like, nah, bro. (laughs) We need to fucking go. And so they try to make it out through the back of the building. But then they find out this bitch is surrounded by police. And they're like, fuck, we're not getting out. And then Danny's got an idea. And they hop into an ambulance with the EMT cam thompson that's her name and then they find their old friend officer zach is in the back of the ambulance i'm like oh well damn (laughs) but that's fine and they tell cam it's like you're gonna get us the fuck out of here just keep on driving nothing's wrong and they actually make it out of the bank and it's actually pretty sweet and i was i was actually very surprised i thought i thought that was gonna fall apart but then instantly, the leader of the SIS, his name is Captain Monroe, 
and tons of things go down. But then they realize that that ambulance is being piloted by the bad guys. And then they're like, oh, son of a bitch. And so the chase is on because, hey, let's just look for the ambulance that's driving fucking 100 miles per hour down the road. And then let's grab them. So it's, you know, it's easy to see. Uh, Cam tries to run away multiple times in the movie. And Danny tells him, Danny's like, if you leave, I will shoot you and this cop's going to die. But she always comes back because the cop starts flatlining and they're like, fuck, man, I actually care. So that keeps her there. So Captain Monroe, he uh, gets tons of people to help him out with this situation. And um, what was it? FBI guy. Oh, uh, FBI agent Anson Clark. And we find out that Anson Clark was friends with old Danny when they were younger and he knows him. And he's like, it's, I'm going to be able to catch this guy because I know everything that he wants to do. And I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. They don't really go that deep into that cool, like, like fun fact. Like he says a couple of things, but that's kind of it. <laughs> so well, given everything they have to, you know, throw at you they can't bring a lot of time to it but yeah he uh they were in school together they were i guess post-grad and while he was studying to get i guess i forget his third degree or some sort doctorate something like that uh danny is there just to gain intel on how just inside intel on how the cops operate essentially (laughs) <laughs> to make him a better criminal thanks to his criminal mastermind bank robbing father yeah it's it's actually pretty cool yeah danny he brings up his dad a couple times and he's like yeah my dad was hardcore bro and he would have shot everybody in this bitch and then just went and got got some candy like don't don't play i'm being nice for once like i will murder you so this was a TV series that would make a great prequel right there. Heck yeah. <laughs> so Officer Zach, he is he's going through some shit because that that gunshot, it's bad. And he actually has to get some blood transferred from Will because Will is the what? Oh, oh, was it? Oh, positive. I think negative. Negative. Negative is like that cool blood that anybody can use. So good for him. And it's it's rough and they have to defibrillate him a couple of times like he's on the verge of death this whole movie and so danny needs he needs something because everything's falling apart and they're right on their ass and so he calls poppy one of his dad's criminal friends and he's like hey man i really need help getting these cops off me eight million dollars if you can get them off of me and poppy's like shit give me a second yeah we'll, we'll come up with an idea so um officer mark so zach's partner is chasing them and he's starting to not give a shit about the law as much and so he's he's just out up front in the car crashing and stuff so there's tons of different angles cop wise like you got the sis the fancy lapd and then the lapd and then you got just officer mark just kind of off on his own ready to fight so the cops they're actually chasing them pretty good through a building and they find out that officer or captain monroe's dog is inside a marked car the police vehicle 
And he tells Mark to, to back off the chase. He's like, why is my goddamn dog in that car? And he's like, yeah, who puts a dog in a fucking police vehicle? That's really stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so a really dumb reason to stop the chase. I'm like, fuck that. This dog's... <laughs> you about to see some shit, pup. So uh, Zach, he starts to bleed out. And Cam, with help from Will, so Danny's driving. And Will, he's a good guy. They start performing surgery on officer zach and cam she does this sweet ass facetime with all these her all her doctor friends and they actually help her get through the surgery and it's something about the spleen and they get the bullet out and they have to like hold stuff like her her hands are inside of his body actually will's hands are inside of his body it's actually pretty pretty crazy so she cam starts talking to will and she's like hey you're gonna have to stop danny he's like why that's my brother like why do i need to stop him he's like everything's gonna fall apart in this like there's no good way out of this he's like you really gotta stop him he's like nah man that's my brother like i love that man so (laughs) um oh so the Captain Monroe and uh, what was it? Officer Clark. They get in touch with cams because she has her phone on her and they tell her that, hey, when they hit the freeway, we're going to snipe the fuck out of them. So we need you to just kind of lay down and just be cool because they think that Officer Zach is dead at this point. And she tells them like, no, no, Officer Zach's still alive. Like they actually helped me keep him alive. And they're like, oh, well, we're probably still going to shoot. <laughs> and the snipers are already ready. And they're like, yeah, we kind of don't give a fuck. So we're just going to do this. So Cam actually tells Will and Danny about the snipers. And they start, like, dipping. They, they get low into the car. And they actually avoid the snipers. And so Captain Monroe's like, God damn it. And he's like, well, on to the next plan. Danny and Will have themselves a fight because Danny's kind of pissed about this and he's like I'm just gonna shoot Cam we should have killed her and that cop a long time ago so I'm I'm just gonna do it and Will stops her and then they have themselves a fight <laughs> and it's very much like a brother situation or family fight and then they listen to uh what was it sailing away I can't remember who sings it Christopher Cross yeah hey, take me away where I'm going, like yeah, oh like, yacht rock, baby, yacht rock, yeah, yacht rock, man. So they're jamming, and then you know, they're, fr- they're they're brothers still. So they make it to the Los Angeles River, and one of the scenes when they're driving through like the rivery part, it's the same track as in Terminator Two, when they were in the cool little rivery part driving away when the liquid guy had the. uh the 18 wheeler and he's trying to like oh, yeah. trying to run him over on a little dirt bike. Yeah. Great scene. Yeah, that's a really good scene. <laughs> so they have a plan, and Poppy has this whole situation, this plan to go. So they meet up under the bridge, and Danny has one of his friends paint the ambulance. It's kind of weird. And he paints it like shitty like lime green he told him get blue but lime green works i guess (laughs) but uh so poppy his plan he actually has his son roberto drive this 
empty multiple empty ambulances toward the police and one of them is full of c4 so uh they're all types of advanced uh in this gang and they have cars that just drive themselves with guns and shit it's actually pretty pretty fucking cool so they use a c4 and they blow up the police blockade right in front of them and then they deploy this drone that's driving this low rider with machine guns on it and they light the place up and officer monroe or captain monroe gets killed in the crossfire it was really weird i thought he was gonna make it i thought he was gonna be the one to kill somebody at the end because it's it's kind of what happens just like with uh, you think he's like you think he's like the main foil or the main opposition representing law enforcement so you think he's gonna be in there till the end that that killing was most unexpected yeah it's just like in set it off when uh what dr cox can't remember his name was in the movie but he's from scrubs when he was there to the end and i thought that's how it was gonna work but no monroe he gets lit up and officer mark he chases down roberto because he sees you know the explosion go off and his low riders shooting off guns and roberto's just kind of briskly walking away and he drops his little controller and he's like i, I i'm gonna Take a nice little run now. And Officer Mark's like, that's weird. <laughs> so he chases him down and he shoots him in the face. Like they have themselves a little fight. It's not like he ran up and just shot him. But they oh, live television. Yeah, they struggle for a little bit. And Officer Mark, he twists his gun around. He's like, fuck this noise and shoots him in the head. I was like, oh shit. So Poppy's pretty mad because his son just got shot on the news. And so Will and Danny using the distraction of the exploding ambulances, they make it to the hideout. And Poppy is like, hey, you made it. Cool. And he's like, here's your money. We're going to get the fuck out of here. And he's like, okay, I'm fine with all of this, but you need to leave that EMT and that cop with us. And Will's like, nah, we that ain't part of the plan, homie. Like, we, we ain't doing that. And Danny's like, we can just leave right now. We're good, bro. And he's like, I'm not leaving them. I'm not leaving them here. Like, we've been through way too much. And Danny looks at Will, and it's pretty cool. They look at each other, and he's like, I forgot the line he says. Uh, you should have left him out. Left him out. And he's like, oh. And then he starts shooting. They go into a circle. Left, left, left. go left, go <laughs> left. <laughs> and it was actually pretty cool. They light the room up, and take out everybody and Danny just blows Poppy's head off and I was like hell yeah man so reminded me reminded me of the video game Army of Two where there's certain situations where Army of Two if you haven't heard of it is is a shooter game but you have to it's you have to play with two people and yeah throughout the, throughout the game it makes you do like random ta- tasks that like navigating the stages you have to do things in tandem at certain points and one of them is all right, this is one of those back-to-back moments where you you were surrounded by people and you must stay back-to-back and shoot out of this circle. So that reminded me of that. So at this point, uh, Danny and Will, they're shooting their way out of this warehouse and Cam finds Zach's gun and she's like, man, I'm going to shoot the fuck out of Danny when he comes back here. Reasonable <laughs> plan, I guess. But hey, just like every other person that got shot in this movie, it's an accident and cam shoots will <laughs> with the gun danny is like oh who the fuck shot him who the fuck and he's looking around crazy 
They hop into the ambulance. And then Danny finds Officer Zach's gun and he thinks the cop shot him at first. He's like, you shot my brother, you son of a bitch. And he's about to kill him. I'd have done the same way. If if Greg was on the ground with a bullet in him, I'm like, oh man, who did it? Who did it? Who wants to die? So Cam actually reveals that she was the one that shot Will. And he's like, I'm going to kill you. And I'm probably going to have to kill myself, honestly, because this shit's getting stupid right now. And the ambulance is stopped and the cops have surrounded it. And it's like, we ain't getting out of this. Fuck. And he has Cam held her hostage and he's going to go outside and honestly get lit up. And so Will, dying at this point, shoots Danny in the back. And Danny apologizes before he dies from his injuries. But, you know, I'd ra- I guess I'd rather get shot by my brother than just lit up by five billion bullets from cops, you know. <laughs> so the police arrest Will. He's all tight to shot up and take him inside because they're right next to a hospital. And Cam, she grabs her bag. And before this, Will, bleeding, takes some of the money out of one of the robbery bags and put it, puts it into her bag. And he tells Cam to find his wife and give her the money. Because he's like, I did all this dumb shit so my wife can get her surgery. So please give her this fat fucking stack. That had to have been like, what, what 500000 That stack of money? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fucking thick. He's like, get her this brick. I'd have put like two more in there. But, you know, I'm already robbing myself of this plan. I'm going to stuff that bag. But, yeah, you know. Uh but then Cam actually gives the money to Amy. She puts it into the baby carrier and, and covers it. And later on, the cops, they wait for Officer Zach to wake up. And they ask him, like, hey, who, who, who shot you? Which one of these brothers did it? We need to know. And he looks at the picture of Will. And he says that Will saved his life. And if I was that cop, I'd be like, yeah, that didn't answer my question, homie. Who shot you? <laughs> <laughs> Not even thinking about it like that. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. That was real thoughtful of you. Did he shoot you? The way you said that makes me make me feel like he he probably apologized for shooting you. <laughs> so you're telling me he so you're telling me he shot you then saved your life, huh? Huh? Yeah, yeah. He going to prison forever. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we we execute him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So that that's the end of the movie, Cam. Um, she gets cleaned up and she seems to be more caring about life because at the beginning of the movie, um, doing her EMT job, she was just like, hey, this is just another job. It's another day. I don't really give a fuck about these people. Like, you know, I'm I'm here to save them, but then they're out of my life. So it seems like she cares a little bit. And I don't know what's going to happen with Will because he I guess he could play the whole my brother was the one doing everything because he never pulled a gun on a cop. He was either driving or saving a cop so he could actually go with the angle that his brother did all the wild shit and he was just in the back for the ride Maybe. i'm gonna assume he got some time oh yeah but not as much as i mean shit at least he saved a cop in the back so he's gonna get some time for that but not you know <laughs> not as much as danny would have got if he stayed alive he'd have been that's fucking 30 to life right there so uh greg who is your favorite character in ambulance it's funny you said there's like four characters but they did offer throw up a lot of periphery characters yeah Um, i will go 
with Cam. Considering of all these people, at least the principal character-wise, he certainly is, well, obviously by far the most innocent, aside from shooting. Well, I guess that's not even... Shooting Will at that point was completely justified, even if it was an accident. So, um, but the the girl performs surgery on a man without anesthetic. She <laughs> <laughs> um, pulled a bullet out of a sling and then managed to stop the rupturing of said spleen. The out of all out of all these characters going through all their trials and tribulations throughout this entire thing in this entire film like hers for me resonates the absolute most given the fact that well she's the hostage she's the hostage that performs surgery she's also the hostage that has to perform surgery and keep things calm in order to survive and escape with her life and the life of uh Officer Zach as well. Just completely admirable. And the most heroic of everyone in that film by far. She's not, no, everyone else that's doing the things that they are doing are doing it because they chose that life. The cops chose their lives to be cops. SIS, FBI, they all chose that, that path of life. Uh, Will has apprehensively chose to follow his bank robbing brother Danny into a botched job. Okay? Everyone went into their role knowing full well the risks. She didn't wake up that morning expecting to have to save little girl's life at the beginning of the day and end with saving her own life as a hostage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I actually went with Will. I actually had a good time with Will and Danny, honestly. Uh, both of them together were, were pretty fun because there were scenes with Danny, but he's not acting like a cold-blooded killer, where he's talking to one of his subordinates about like this flamingo job and all these things that got mailed to his place. He's like, wait, why are they there? He's like, no, it has to be over here. God damn it. I'm going to get charged for that. He's like, no, I need I need you to bring blue paint. Bring it over here. And he comes with green. He's like, God damn it. Like, I need <laughs> everybody around Danny are idiots. And it seems like he has to deal with dumb people all the time. So that was pretty funny hearing him deal with the dum-dums. Uh, but no, Danny and Will together, they were really fun. And, you know, you get the heel in the face situation. Will, even from the beginning, they're like, but we got to save that cop. And Danny's like, who gives a fuck about that cop? And he's like, but we got to save him. <laughs> and, you know, if Danny, if it was Danny and some other bad person, they had a shot Cam and Officer Zach and dumped their bodies out and they would have scooted off. <laughs> and then Danny's character, Danny's character was tricky for me because... On one hand, I completely appreciate and understand why there's similar to similar to bad boys. Like, despite all this intensity going on, there is plenty of banter and, and a comedic element to it, which makes sense because you can't just have 
especially with how early this film starts and how 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 early the intensity and the issues start in this film and how long this film lasts. You just can't have that straight without some some levity to it. Yeah, so I understood that, but I felt like they tried too hard to channel it through Danny's character, or, and some of it worked. Some of it was just not that funny to me. Um, they threw it. It feels like they threw a lot of comedy at the wall for both for not only him but all characters, and some of it stuck, some of it not so much. Um, but the fact that they channeled so much of it through the character of Danny. Uh, but yeah. I did what I had in the same light. Also, I appreciated how increasingly unhinged he was coming throughout that film. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Greg, who is your least favorite character? Oh boy, got me here. Oh, uh... right. I'm sitting here listening to you struggle, but then I like thought about it. I'm like, who the fuck's my least favorite? And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> You know what? I'm going with Officer Zach. Yeah, he's pretty brutal. For the reason this whole thing started is for two reasons. One, he should have asked out that girl a long time ago. Yeah. But more importantly, he pushed his cop privilege in order to get into that bank in the first place when he should have just turned away especially knowing that he didn't have any actual practical purposes of being there as far as opening an account which is what he said he was going to do until he actually got in there and said I actually let me get with that teller let me talk to that teller what's her name okay and it's funny because there is a particular cop I, he might have been one of the uh SIS undercover agents that once this whole thing kicked off, he also blamed it on Zach. And that made Officer Mark very upset. He's like, this is y'all guys' fault in the first place. And that set off Officer Mark and they get into it for a little bit. Uh, he's the he's the other black cop character, the bald one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't at first I didn't like that he was doing he was doing that because wow. First of all, you're trying to throw, throw shade at the most inappropriate time. Plus, you're also throwing shade due to some circumstances that, that's out of, out of their control. They had no idea that you guys were undercover seeking this, this job out. If y'all are undercover, no one else is going to know. Stuff can, like that can happen. Didn't appreciate that, but now that I sit here and think of it, no, I'm with him. I would have felt the same way. And then when Mark would have got all... Puffy with me because I spoke the truth and said this is y'all's fault. I probably would have put my gun to his head. That's movie character Greg, though. Yeah. Real, life, real life Greg wouldn't do that. Real life Greg doesn't even own a gun. Right. Greg, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Officer> Greg, stop. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for screwing it up. Yeah. Uh, I went with the side story characters of Poppy and Roberto at a lesser extent, but Poppy. Like, they didn't know that his son got shot, but the second I would have learned from, like, one of the second and third in commands, they're like, hey, uh, Roberto, he got shot. I'm like, damn, that fucking sucks. And I looked at my brother and be like, he ain't gonna let us out of here. (laughs) Just be like, man, we should just fucking shoot our way out now and not even go up there. Like, 
something stupid's gonna happen in here because his son died. He probably gonna try to take all this money, or he gonna do something bad to us. So we should probably just go now. And the fact that they went up there thinking that, okay, that you know they were still square biz with the plan. They're like, here's your money, bye bye. Like, nah, he gonna do something stupid up here. And then he asked for the ambulance girl. You're like, that ain't part of the plan, homie. Stop. He's like, well, guess we're gonna have to shoot y'all. I'm like, fuck, man. So. Yeah, that whole side story, but they really did need someone to get them out of shit because, boy, howdy, they they were straight getting followed. They needed somebody to help them out. So, so let's do seven-word synopsis. Uh, my first one is, police chase called off because of dog. Yeah, Officer Monroe's dog is in the car, and they're like, ah, stop it, back up. I'm like, just put that dog in the back, put a vest on, and we good. Uh, my second one modern day bank robberies seem really difficult like back in the day you could probably rob a bank get away before electronics were really that cool now everybody's got a phone they can record shit there's um, a season of uh, Lupin the third where it's modern day like they don't talk about why he jumped like 40 years but you know sh- but <laughs> he's never on- yeah he's on the run but then he messes with like I don't know, like the owner of like Facebook and then he robs him and the owner of Facebook's like, hey, whoever catches this guy or gives me info to get to him, you get $5 million. And so he has to deal with everybody that has a phone. And Lupin's like, well, we're about to get on this plane and get away. And it's like, hey, Lupin's over here. Hey, I see him right now. I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) And so they're catching him before he can do anything because everybody's got a phone, electronics. It makes it so much harder. That's why when you see movies with robberies and people doing stuff, it's usually a little bit older because, boy, howdy, it's hard to get shit done when it's modern day like this. So it, I was like, damn, it must be the most difficult thing to try to rob something right now. It seems so hard to do. And then my last one is low rider with a minigun is GTA shit. Second I saw that minigun roll out, I was like, God damn, that's that would be in a video game. <laughs> Those cops were extremely dumb and stubborn too. Well, this gun's still going off, but I'm going to get out and shoot anyway. Yeah, that was real dumb. Like, nah, we ain't, we ain't playing those games, bro. You were under constant fire. Maybe, maybe wait till that gun settles down a little bit and stop shooting before you pop out and try to shoot, which actually turned out to be a yeah. man dummy driving the car. So, uh, Greg. Okay. 1A. When Heist is in doubt, Yacht Rock. Hell yeah. 1B. When Heist is in doubt, Christopher Cross. Would have chosen a different song, though, personally. Would have chosen a different Christopher Cross song. Uh, Such a long way to go. Ooh, yeah. Featuring uh, Michael McDonald. Ride Like the Wind. That's the oh, one. Right, like the one. That's a good ass song. <laughs> I would have played that probably three three times throughout the song, no part of the soundtrack. Um, and the one I absolutely that came to mind probably 12, sur- sw- 12 swerves in out of the 52 that were in the film. And I had to hold back on actually saying this at the beginning of my whole soliloquy of, of this podcast. The draft day of bank heist films. <laughs> you pancake eating son of a bitch. 
<laughs> absolutely is draft day in bank heist form. Like, there's like all these things just so happen to occur to bring this perfect storm of events in both an NFL draft and a bank heist. Like, there's just they are cousins. Yeah, it was pretty absurd. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, so this movie came out April 8th, 2022. Damn, it's not that old. So um, I remember you said before that it, it ain't fun guessing by yourself, but I'll tell you that the budget for a Michael Bay film, it was pretty, pretty cheap. I've seen him get lots more money, but this is that weird covid times for things so the budget was 40 million dollars for this film and it makes a ton of sense because i mean it's it's just one long car chase with explosions and it just ramps up the destruction little by little and he actually saved michael bay saved money in a couple of spots because real cops were kind of watching the the filming and he's like y'all want to be in the movie and the cops are like, hell yeah, we ain't doing shit. We ain't helping people in the world. Fuck it. And so uh, I think when you, certain locations, you need like passes and stuff. But the cops were there. So who's going to tell them that don't do it? And so he saved tons of money just by having the cops in the movie. So there were scenes where he actually had real cops. So the box office, and this is the funny, funniest part because the argument about it. The box office was 51 Point seven million dollars and a lot of people um i want to say it wasn't michael bay but someone close to him said he blamed it on marvel comic book movies or just comic book movies as a whole is the reason why this movie didn't do that good because everybody just wants comic book action movies and not just anything else and it's like everything else is is fucking second tier compared to comic book movies and i was like nah bro there are other genres that make tons of money uh look at top gun top gun making all the money that's not comic book at all just this movie wasn't as interesting to people so that sounds like the last dual director blaming social media was it on yeah lack of enthusiasm for his film yeah, I saw that trailer for the that shitty ass with the dual movie. I was like, I don't want to watch that. And I didn't. So <laughs> I didn't. It didn't look good. So you can fuck yourself, bro. I just, I it didn't give me enough information as far as what exactly was going on. Like absolutely. Why is there a duel? I just it didn't give me enough information. It didn't and it didn't leave me desirous to figure out what was going on either. So you can't leave me completely ignorant of your plot but also without a desire to figure out said plot and there's a sweet spot in a trailer of what you show and what makes people happy and i've seen trailers where like that's the legit full-ass movie i just watched i'm like oh and you know i don't want to watch it anymore after that but yeah that i've seen trailers where it's like it just shows like your arm, like Greg's left arm pops on screen. It's like, Greg, the movie. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, is he a bad guy? Is he good? Like, what about Greg's left arm? Like, can you tell me more? No. 
Uh, okay. okay. So, yeah, that was the biggest argument. A lot of people praised, like, Michael Bay's direction for the film and the action sequences, but a lot of people said the story was a whole lot of something. So, just like what Greg said, this story's wild, man. It just goes everywhere. And I was just like, this is a lot, dude. So, hey, go figure, you know. <laughs> so, uh, Greg, do you have anything else to say about Ambulance? Give it a try. As ridiculous as it is, at minimum, you'll find it entertaining because of its ridiculousness. Yeah, and absolutely. You may, and you may even want to revisit it, just like I thought about Draft Day. Somehow I've watched Draft Day more than once, and I think I'll watch this more than once at some point. Yeah, I think I've seen Draft Day like four times. <laughs> I can't help it. I like it. I actually like it. It's not bad. It makes me mad because it's not that bad. But it's also not that good, but I can't keep myself from watching it. It's in that like zone of, I don't know, it's like being in a coma. You're not dead, but you're not alive. It's just in that like sweet coma spot. You know, it's just like, eh, it's Draft Day, you know? Eh. You know, it's not Back to the Future, but it ain't I'm trying to think of a really, really, really bad movie. Uh, fuck, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just it's just right in the middle, you know? So, uh, yeah, like Greg said, I would give it a shot. It's not the worst movie in the world, but it ain't the best. I, I liked it, actually, but I loved it for the, the dialogue. Just the banter between characters was amazing. Made me happy. And I've learned dialogue in a movie sometimes gets me further than action sometimes that's why i love quentin tarantino films there's a lot of dialogue in his films and if what they were saying wasn't good i'd be really bored but what they say is absolutely amazing just like fucking death proof man before like after the first group is gone and it's the other girls there's this like 15 minute story about how their their action friend that does stunts she like almost dies like a hundred times and the story really doesn't mean anything but it's just the way they talk to each other I'm like these are friends like i don't know i it it felt genuine so i, I certainly enjoyed death proof and it is at least when i was younger one of my favorite quentin tarantino films i love that movie it's so goddamn good i just love the flip when kurt russell's like being like this evil monster and in the second he gets shot he is a straight bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sitting in his car bleeding. He's like, "Go on, go on, you can do it." <laughs> Be careful, my arm's broke. <laughs> <laughs> he pours that alcohol in the wound. He's like, ah! <laughs> and they hit his ass. Oh man, he fucking ragdoll halfway out the car. <laughs> oh. That's a good ass movie. We need to do that movie. I don't know what the fuck it is. What action? I don't even know what jo- I don't know what genre it is. It's just a movie. Tarantino month for all I care. We shit. You want to do that next month? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yep. Do, let's, let's do Tarantino month. Um, yep. No, Death Proof is fucking great. So yeah, we're probably doing Death Proof soon. So um, yeah. So if you have any other cool fun facts about Jake Gyllenhaal movies. Or I don't know, Michael Bay movies, you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. Uh, we have an email. It is Allentown Presents at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook. Soon we won't be. They sent me a message saying that it's not happening anymore. So but it's Allentown Presents. So check us out anywhere. Uh, yeah, send us some 
some love like i don't know give us stars and like us and subscribe and all that stuff so but yeah uh i don't know this is probably the last heist film with greggy and i let me see well count for sure we can depending on what your week is like we can squeeze a couple in this week yeah um i ain't doing shit i know tuesday i'm full but we'll work it out but soon enough we're gonna do thank you greg for the idea we're doing queen tarantino month i like that a lot (laughs) hell yeah uh so yeah uh like always thank you so much for listening and we'll be back very soon with another film okay bye guys I got nothing. (laughs) Take me away. Because I got such a long way to go. To get to the border of Mexico. So I'm riding. Riding like the wind. Riding like the wind. Hey, 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 h